Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. It's time for Almost EGOT. Hello and welcome to Almost EGOT, the podcast that takes a look at performers who are one shy of collecting all four major performing awards, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, and then shares its own ideas about how to finish the job. I'm your co-host, Leah. And I'm your other co-host, who's bad at remembering how this podcast starts, Evan. Today, we will be talking about Sherilyn Sarkeesian, who you might know better as the first 23.5% of her full name. American singer, actress, television personality, and fashion trendsetter, Cher. First, let's jump in to what she got. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's do one other thing, which is acknowledge the amount of text messages we've received informing us of Viola Davis's Grammy and that she is off the board as a, an almost EGOT. So congrats to her. We had her lower on the list because she knew she, we, she, we knew she had the nom. And then Burt Bacharach died. So that's... Our list is getting shorter every day, but I know we're not here to talk about that. Congratulations, Viola. Very deserving. We're here to talk about Cher. So let's jump in to what's she got. All right. So Cher is an ego. We have a lot of those. So she. I'm not sure I'd like the the acronym part. I don't know about that, but you roll with it. You you know. (laughs) Um, So she's missing the Tony. So she's got an Emmy, got in 2003 for Outstanding Variety, Musical, or Comedy Special for Share the Farewell Tour, which, spoiler alert, not the Farewell <laughs> Tour. In 2003, um, and that's why we've never heard from her again. <laughs> and it's interesting because almost all of her nominations for Emmys have been in this variety series category. So 72, 73, 74 for Sunny and Cher. Um, 75, she had her own um, Cher comedy hour, I think. And then 2000 um, was for one of her Cher specials. Except she um, got nominated for producing a documentary short called Edith and Eddie, which is about um, like a much older couple and kind of, I don't know, kind of a commentary on how we treat the elderly in America and it also got an Oscar nomination huh. yeah um she has a 2000 Grammy for best dance recording for Believe now and- she also has had seven nominations and just one win in the Grammys do you know what she lost she was also that song was also nominated for record of the year do you know what it lost to I do not smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas uh-uh which is famous in our house because in the summer when it's like 95 degrees, I'll go for a walk during the day and I come back in and I do the same bit every time, which is I just do Rob Thomas voice and I go, well, it's a hot one. I'm sure Miriam enjoys that immensely. It's growing on her. It's one of those, like, if you do it like five times, it's not funny, but if you do it like 10 times, it is funny. Yes. She'll she'll miss it when you're gone. Gone where? (laughs) What the hell's going to happen to me? Back to the awards. Um, (laughs) Her first Grammy nomination was in 1966 for uh, Best New Artist with Sonny and Cher, which, you know, good thing they didn't win that one so that they can avoid the curse of Best New Artist. Oh, yeah. But 
that gives her uh, from 1966 to then she also is nominated for best dance recording in 2004 so nearly 40 years of nomination pretty impressive and then her oscar um 1988 best actress for moonstruck loved that movie um and she was nominated in 1984 for silkwood also yeah, which I had, I had never heard of Silkwood, but it had five nominations. It had Meryl Streep for Best Actress because Cher was Best Supporting. But like for a thing I've never heard of, it had a lot of Oscar nominations, which could be a me problem. I think it's a you problem. It's usually a me problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she needs a Tony. So she needs a Tony. It's kind of funny because she got her acting start on Broadway, I think, before becoming better known acting-wise for her film work. Like when she moved from music into acting, it was on Broadway at first, so... Uh, well, I mean, she had done, her mom was um, kind of a bit actress. And so she had done little parts, like she was extras on things. And um, Oh, yeah, I'd seen that. Always in the showbiz world. But you mentioned her mom, the kind of crazy, like growing up, I didn't realize that the family had so little money um, that Sherry like told stories about having to use rubber bands to hold her shoes together. And this was a crazy fact is that at one point, her mother left her at an orphanage for several weeks just to be like, ah, I can't do it for a few weeks. Hang on to this kid, which is reminded me this um, happened to my grandfather during the depression is that his mother died and um, there were four kids and his father couldn't handle the four kids. So the oldest daughter stayed with the father and the baby. So the oldest daughter could help care for the baby. And then my grandfather and his other sister, the two middle children went to an orphanage in upstate New York for a little while. So I guess it was a thing. Yeah, and I, it kind of tells you why she's been such a hard worker her whole life. She keeps reinventing herself to try to, you know, kind of have the new sound and keep being, keep performing, keep, you know, being an entertainer. And because she knows what it's like to not have anything. It, it's funny you mentioned reinventing herself. So, you know, I joked earlier up top with the her shortened name, but she has tried on quite a few. Um, her first solo single in 1964, she went by the stage name Bonnie Joe Mason. Which, Departure. Yeah. Um, the single totally flopped. So, and then she's like, I'll team up with this Sonny Bono fella. And, but before they even became Sonny and Cher, their actual names, they went by Caesar and Cleo. Yeah. I feel like that was like a wild time, like in the 60s, like we're just putting out singles on, and then we change our name and we're someone else. Which makes sense, because if you buy, like, a share wig for Halloween, the next year you can just repurpose it and be Cleopatra. Exactly. So, you know, kind of makes sense. I get it. You got to cut it, but, yeah. But also in 62, Sonny Bono introduced her to Phil Spector, which is always who you want to get introduced to if you're a lady. Um, but uh, seeing how talented she was, he used her as a background singer, so I didn't realize that she was a background singer on... The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and also on The Righteous Brothers, uh, You Lost That Love and Feeling. So those are like iconic songs and shares just in the background of that wall of sound. She's um, also the only artist to ever have a number one Billboard hit on at least one chart for six straight decades. She's definitely, like, these are all kind of iconic things. She's definitely deserving of an EGOT, I feel like. Oh, yeah. They were so popular. So, like, I mean, the the... TV show was crazy, but like they sold 40 million records. And here's how I know that, here's how you know you're popular, I think, is in 1976, um, they put out a Cher doll and it outsold Barbie that year. Wow. 
You know, the I'm I can tell you're blown away. I'm kind of surprised when you were talking about the acting stuff. I was um well, I guess she has done a lot of acting. I was surprised that um she didn't have an Emmy Award for being like a guest star on the show. I feel like that's often what you see. Um, oh yeah, like the like best something in comedy special and variety show or whatever. Well, especially because their right. variety show was like wildly, wildly popular. I forget. You know, I thought I had some uh, some numbers on that that I apparently don't. But um, it was like crazy amounts. No, I do have it. I lied. Um, but the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour was watched by more than 30 million viewers weekly during its three-year run and still got canceled. When now did they get divorced? Did it get canceled because <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a good they question. canceled each other? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine people, you know, people get mad now if like a Netflix show they like for one season doesn't get re-picked up because the algorithm doesn't like it. So if you're 30 million people out there being like, what happened? Yeah. Also, uh, she's known as the goddess of pop which just led me to a whole rabbit hole. I just want to recommend to everyone that they go, there's a Wikipedia page for like honorific names in popular music. And it's insane. There's like hundreds of them, but some are like very weird. Some are very just like goddess of pop, king of pop, the queen of soul, but like that you know of. And then there are all these other crazy ones in different countries. So I will uh, confirm that they got divorced in 1975. And she married Greg Ullman that same year. Oh, um, rebound. So um, <laughs> that might have been why they got canceled. Yeah. But yes, I saw that goddess of pop thing and I honestly was like, she she is? <laughs> right. No, I'd actually like, I never heard, heard that. that but... Well, if you think you've never heard of that, dig into this Wikipedia list and you will see all kinds of things you haven't heard of. Oh, one of my favorite things... Um, the award she won that I had never heard of and it does not seem to exist anymore was the advertising age had an award called the cover derby award and all this will remind me what it was so you somehow get this aggregate score I thought it was just like oh you've been on the most covers but it's some sort of aggregate score of being on the most covers so she had it was in 1988, so the year um, she won her Oscar. She was on 25 covers that year. She was named Sexiest Female Star by U.S. Magazine and had, like, a lot is of articles. Is it not Us Magazine? Huh? Is it not oh, Us? Us? It is Us Magazine. Yeah, you don't have to spell them out. Correct. Um, it was named P-O-P-L-E's Sexiest Man Alive. <laughs> it's in all caps. It's confusing. Is it? Um, all right. <laughs> But it has lots of articles, so it said she earned a 64.5 aggregate point total, beating out Sarah Ferguson and George Bush. Those are second mm. third. But that... Um, do, do, do you need, like, a calculation to just do, like, you were on the most of these? I don't know. I don't, well, weird. so that's what I thought I know it was it's not just, the most, but what is it? That, what, yeah, I, I most mentions in media? I don't know. Princess Diana. Or maybe it is before. for, like, this... Maybe it is for like those tabloidy ones where like the main story is like mm -hmm. on share, but then there's a little like square at the bottom with Princess Fergie and a little square over here with someone, you know, they like to cram as many on the cover. So you have like all the more reason to buy it. Yeah. But if you're Fergie also, you're probably like, can I not win? Like, is this really an award I want to win? Right. right. Like, I, yeah, that Royal, might be. Royal wins tabloid award. <laughs> um, breaking news.
that the only other really fun fact I have was that she turned down the part of Thelma, the Gina Davis's part in Thelma and Louise. That would have been a very different movie, I feel like. So different, right? And yeah. so she did it in order to, because she was in Mermaids in 1990. So she was working on that. I was like, sorry, can't okay. do this. But yeah, I have a hard time seeing the Cher Sarandon pairing as like a, feels weird. I did. Maybe it's just knowing that movie. Yeah. Like it, you can't picture it different. Yeah, you know? yeah, it can't be anybody else now. Um, I did really like Mermaids. Um, Winona Ryder. I haven't seen Mermaids. Mm, yeah. Very young Winona. This is the portion of the podcast where I get a disappointing Marge Simpson noise from Leo for not having seen something. That is true. Because <laughs> it's a good movie. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um. I'm all out of fun facts, you know, so I'm ready to start talking. How we, how do we cook up this, this Tony award, but so what one else of, you got? So one of my fun facts that'll lead into this is that she did have a three-year residency at Caesar's palace um, from 2008 to 2011. I was actually um, there for a conference when I would during that time. Um, so did you, you didn't go see Cher? You did. I did not see her, but oh. a lot. Of, I did not make the list of the people who, got the tickets that were given to us by mm. by Caesar's Palace. So a lot of people I was with went, but I didn't get to go see her. I did I did see the farewell tour when it was okay. in Raleigh. Um so I have seen her in concert. It is um You're like in Las Vegas, I saw Cher's billboard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um but she is rumored to be starting a residency in 2023. So later this year, uh she started the rumor so it's not even <laughs> like she didn't say i'm definitely doing it but she said like working on it like kind of in the fall like we'll see um well, this so, is a good place for us to start the rumor that we will be doing a live version of this podcast in las vegas nightly coming in 2024 let's say <sighs> there it's out there that's that pays. hard it does sound hard first of all we don't live anywhere near there no so anyway i brought this up because it's going to give us limited time to have her, you know, on Broadway working on her Tony. Oh, well, see, I think step one is going to be we take something that already exists, which is what I got. And so, you know, you said your fun fact leads into yours. I, I seeded an earlier fun fact that leads into mine. Oh, so, I was just saying my fun fact led into me saying she might not be available for our ideas. Um, oh, because of the residency. Mm -hmm. I yeah. see. Well, you know. She we'll might change your plans, though. Once yeah, she when she hears this. I mean, might be like, what am I doing? Although those Vegas things are crazy money. Like, even the one she did a million years ago when they, like, I, it was like what she got paid a week. And I, like, calculated it out. It's like over a million dollars a week or something. Oh, I know. And um, I, one of my favorite magazines is Architectural Digest. And they recently did. Um, a story, I guess it was maybe last year, on her mansion in Malibu or Malibu estate that's so big. Like now there are um, rules that you couldn't build a house as big. And she was selling it for $85 million. So, yeah. Also, I was going to spell out Architectural Digest to keep that bit going. But then I was like, yeah. oh, no, that's that's a lot of letters. You're it's not it worth it. It says AD right in the front, though. So if I had written that down. <laughs> I enjoy ad magazine as well. See, now it's confusing because <laughs> you were talking about an ad magazine. Now you're talking about a magazine that's not ad, but it is AD. This is why you got to be careful. 
I'm going to jump into my idea here. You go right ahead. So she was an orphan briefly. I think you can see where this is going. She's, an, Al she's an alto. This is pretty she, simple. She a husky alto. She, she's a husky alto, the best kind. Um, this is pretty simple. She just needs to star as child-hating, boozy orphanage matron Miss Hannigan in a third Broadway revival of Annie. Tell me she doesn't absolutely murder that role, right? It's like all personality. It's kind of like it's smart-assy. It's in that confident, smart-assy share wheelhouse of like just bravado and sort of like swag, I guess. Like Jane Lynch played this role on Broadway and you think of that like Jane Lynch sort yep. of attitude and swag and you're not tell you're telling me that like Cher would not be just a rocket fueled version of that. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. No, but it does make sense. Cameron Diaz played it in the movie and I remember seeing that and thinking that I didn't understand how that would work. But it works in the movie. Huh. Well, because it is about like an attitude, like, I don't know. So, but it has also, it has yielded a best performance for leading actress in a musical for the role in 1977. Um, yeah. The actress beat out the Annie actress herself, since they were both best performance by a leading actress. But like in the Not past- Carol Burnett, who like owns it. And she- Right, yeah. Yes. But Dorothy Loudon, I guess, was the actress. I don't know. Okay. No, I can Broadway see that. Another, having seen Cher in her very final farewell tour, um, <laughs> one thing that I think would also be good about that role is that you don't need to dance very much. Oh yeah, and, not, a, not um, much of a dancer, huh? Well, but the whole performance is like, she puts on an absolutely amazing outfit and she comes out and all these very um, kind of, greased up men who are half naked dance all around her and so they do the dancing while she kind of stands and hits poses and sings at them and does her thing and honestly not terrible to watch it works <laughs> she it's so i don't think there are like, greased up like men and annie i think dancing um, around her instead grease up some children i guess i don't know um we'll make it work very different shows ever. it is a very different show but some uh i know some previous miss hannigan's um range from like the totally works in my mind to the what the hell are you doing which one sally struthers played her on broadway how oh see how? i was like i can see sally struthers kind of sitting there giving orders I guess I just I'm not feeling the charisma that I feel like this needs, you know. So the, another person was Nell Carter. You remember Nell Carter? Mm -hmm. The show yeah, "Give yeah. Me a Break," like yep. and she sang that theme song and like that's I'm like immediately I'm like yes I buy this. Yeah. Anyway, so I think Cher could be like could top them all, you know. Maybe not all, right? Carol Burnett. No, I get it. I but can like, see it. it. I'm feeling it, and it and, and it ties back to the orphanage thing. So that was really why. How about you? So I feel like, you know, a lot of times with singers when they need a Tony, you all think about kind of the jukebox musical thing, but that's been done. Um, so the Cher show actually won Tony Awards for the lead actress, Stephanie Block, and for Bob Mackey, the costume designer, which was like making him the first person to win this award 
like win the costume designer award who was also a character in the musical <laughs> like, that is a very specific <laughs> yes <laughs> i am not shocked that he was the first person to get this but anyway won both of those i am going away from the musical side of tony okay okay Why not? she's got her oscar for moonstruck she has her nomination for silkwood she's a good actress and like i said before she was on broadway like her first acting was on broadway so yes well and so kind of to your same point of the type of character and the charisma needed not gonna lie i think i'm gonna lose you here i think (laughs) that makes me want to hear it more a revival of august osage county which was made into a movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts. And I recall that from a few years back. Didn't see the movie. So, but the play. So, I mean, the play won, got a best performance by a leading actress for Violet Weston. And um, so I think she could, Cher could totally embody that same role. Um, so, so what is it about this role for the? For the listeners who might not have seen it, not for me, but just for them, who might She's not know. She's kind of a domineering mom who kind of, you know, says stuff to her kids that isn't the nicest a lot. She smokes. She's, um, and not that she smokes, just that it's kind of, you know, a lot of times they make the characters who are supposed to be rough around the edges. You let people know that they're bad. The turn back time video she smoked, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring up the turn back time video. I know, yeah, that's a that was like an MTV staple or in that battleship in that weird like full body leather thong with fishnets or whatever. I, I will say she wore oh. that same outfit. She puts on that same outfit in the when I saw her in concert, you know, so at that point had to be in her 50s if not, you know, 60 and still looked excellent. Yeah. Way to go, Cher. Um, it's just more leathery yeah anyway back to my idea also i think we could make this a um kind of female empowerment like put all the have all those main um kind of role obviously the roles but also um i wrote down that it could be directed by marianne elliott who is a four-time tony award winner and maybe Mary Louise Parker as her daughter and kind of maybe have like the stage director be a woman and the lighting designer be a woman and just make it a, like, I, I don't know. I always think of Cher as kind of a f- female icon, like. Yeah, yeah, full you know, like her own power, being her, you know, leading the way. So that's I what, like it. that was my idea. I like that we fun idea this time. Had a serious idea. I mean, you know, I think we can balance it. We don't have to choose. You know, I think we can say, Cher, you have options. You're you're sitting here, you're going, Vegas residency, I could make just a ton of money doing that. And I would only, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever I want here, my own kind of thing. Or I could take one of these two very good ideas. I think the fact that we're giving her mm-hmm. quantity and quality means that you're like, I think we're going to get her the Tony. I don't think this, this uh, Vegas residency is it. No, I think we have two very good ideas. And she would 
earn the respect of her fellow artists. You know, of like exactly. You're not just doing another like warmed over spreading the boards the great white way. What's if she? Yeah, because if she wants the Tony, like a Vegas residency ain't gonna get you that. Yeah. So she needs an EGOT. You know she wants. She does need an EGOT, and I think one of these two ideas gets it for her. So. Cher, you're welcome. You've accomplished a lot, but you know, don't be ashamed to ask for help and getting over that last little hump. We're here for you. Exactly. You've given us so much in your lifetime. We're just here to give back. Yeah, we are. Well, anyway, I think we solved it. Um, so that's pretty exciting for us and for Cher. Mm -hmm. so, especially, especially Cher. Especially Cher. She'll yeah. be an EGOT. We'll just have a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we're doing all right. Anyway, join us again next time on Almost EGOT, and we will dive into some more exciting people, and hopefully it won't involve as much talk about Broadway things I don't know, which are many. See you next time. Mm -hmm.